0: And 1 Peter 1 says this, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. As we are born again to a living hope in Christ. And we are to hold fast to that hope. And if our hope is in Christ, then we have hope at all times. He never stops being available. We have hope at all times.
1: Hi there, my name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. You know, a constant reminder that I used to receive from my pastor growing up was this. As believers, we are not to be circumstance controlled, but Christ controlled. Believer, are the circumstances in your path dictating how you will live today, or is Jesus. Our assistant camp director and field rep, Kevin Martin, whom you've already heard give his testimony in episode 11, now leads us in a devotion, reminding us that we need to be facing our circumstances, living from Christ.
0: I'd like to start off today by sharing a story with you about a man named Leo. Leo is my wife's grandpa. He is a big Russian man, gray-haired and stout. But really, all you have to remember about him is that he's Russian. And Leo loves one thing in this world, and that is he loves to drive. If he could do it all over again, he says he would move to America to be a truck driver. He loves, he loves driving so much that when he goes places, when he goes on road trips, he doesn't even get out of his car to look at the places that he's driving through. So he'll drive to something like Niagara Falls and he'll just drive by it and look at it as he's going by and then later he'll check it off the list as I've been to Niagara Falls when he didn't ever even get out of his car. And when I ask him why why doesn't he get out, he always tells me. He says, "Why why get out? You can just look up all the details on Google." And so that's that's Leo. That's who he is. He just loves to drive. And several years ago, when Alina, my wife and I were still dating, he came for a visit to the U.S. And he and Alina went on this six thousand mile road trip to the East Coast and back to. Texas but they made one mistake they didn't drive through Florida so guess who wanted to drive to Florida well but Alina had run out of time and she needed to start her fall semester so she ended up coming to me and asking me if I would go with her grandpa on a road trip to Florida in her 2001 blue Honda Civic and me being the the boyfriend that I was Wanted to impress her, wanted to do something nice for her, said, yes, of course, I'll go on a road trip with your grandpa. There were just a couple of things that I didn't think through before saying yes. One is the fact that Alina's grandpa speaks like five words in English. And so I don't know if you can imagine this, but the first leg of our trip from Texas to Florida was about 14 hours long. 14 hours in a car with someone who doesn't speak English. And at the time, I knew very little Russian. Needless to say, our communication was was very primitive. It really just consisted of, of grunting. He'd, he'd see something interesting outside the window, and, and, and he'd kind of grunt. He'd just, mm. <laughs> and, and, and I would, how do you answer that? Mm, mm-hmm. mm Right. And if he wanted to stop or go here or there, it was just all grunting. And so it was 14 hours of, of two grown men in, in a civic grunting all the time to communicate. And, and on top of this, I learned that Alina's grandpa couldn't really see road signs and, and couldn't really see the road all that well himself. And so most of the trip. When, when they drove, he would just kind of hug the middle of the road because he, he could tell, all right, that's the end of the road on the right side and the end of the road over there on the left. So if I just drive in the middle, we'll be all right. And so he would drive in the middle, and, and he did that on their road trip until they got pulled over by a cop and told that that won't fly here in America, right? <laughs> you can't do that. I don't think they can do it in Russia either. But that's how he, how he drove. And so... Guess who got to drive the whole 14 hours to Florida? This guy, right? I have two things to say about driving. One, I am not a big fan of long distances. I get sleepy after about an hour, probably less than an hour. And, and, and it's just not good, right? Me, long distances in cars, it's, it's not a great thing. Uh, so I, w- I was not a happy camper going on this trip. I, I, I looked for any excuse to pull over. Whether it was a gas station, whether it was coffee, whether it was, i is—I don't know—just to get out, I got to stretch my legs, and I—and that—that was the other thing. <laughs> the whole 14 hours, he was just blaring this Russian music, and and I would try to switch it to to something else, to the radio, and immediately he would he would flip it back over and, and push on, uh, put in the CD and, and and play his Russian music, and then he would turn it up, and, and I was I was just miserable. But we we finally made it to the city of Jacksonville. And we spent the night with some friends. And the next morning, Leo wanted to go to Miami to to see the beach, to get to the Atlantic Ocean. And so we drove to Miami another five hours. Eventually, we made it to the beach, to the parking lot. and, And guess what? Lo and behold, Leo got out of the car. He wanted to scoop up some ocean water. In a jar. I guess he had never been to that part of the, or never got water from that ocean. I'm not sure. But we we walked to the beach. It took us a, a few minutes to get there. A, another few minutes to walk to the water. And then he he brought out this jar, this glass jar that had a lid on it. And he and he unscrewed it. He took it off the lid off, and then and then scooped up some water. Then he screwed the lid back on, and he looked over, and he said it a few words in Russian. He said, очень жарко. And then he said, домой. Now the first few words meant hot. Really hot. The last word, домой, means, let's go home in Russian. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. We just drove 20 hours to get here so you could scoop up some water and you want to drive all the way back to texas now and i was thinking in my head no 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 we we're not doing this 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 does not make sense what was the purpose we drove all the way here just so you can fill a little jar up with some ocean water well five minutes later we were back in that honda civic driving home and again i was i was miserable i didn't i did not like that And guys, I tell you this story because I believe that today we live in a society that says we are to live from our circumstances, from our experiences. And I look back on the trip and I realize I was just living from circumstance. And I realize how much I missed out on the life I have in Christ. And the reason for that was simply because the whole trip, I was concerned with mainly one thing, me and my circumstances. And some of you may feel like you are, are stuck on a road trip with little or no purpose, a trip where your, your life is dependent on, on your circumstances. And I believe that scripture reminds us that God never meant for our life to be dependent on circumstance. I believe that Scripture urges us to put our hope in God's Son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.23 says it this way. It says, Let us hold fast to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful. And 1 Peter 1 says this. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Guys, we are born again to a living hope in Christ. And we are to hold fast to that hope. And if our hope is in Christ, then we have hope at all times. He never stops being available. We have hope at all times in Christ. And guys, what I would like to do now just for the rest of the time is go through a couple of verses that have been reminders for me that if I want life, if I want joy, if I want peace, I must abide in Christ. And I want to ask you guys a question, a question that I need to ask myself every day. And that's, how are you living? How are you living? So the first verse that I have, hopefully most of you know it. It's John 3.16. Let me just read it for you guys. It's familiar to to most of you, but I'm going to read it again to you. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have an easy life, a full bank account, and go to heaven one day. Y'all, that, that is not what that verse says. You, you know it. If you know the verse, you know that that is not what the verse says. That's not the offer of the gospel. The offer of the gospel is life, eternal life. And it's not that we will just be in heaven one day, but that God himself will live in you. Y'all, I love this verse. One, because it's, it's one of the first verses that spoke to my heart. It's one of the first truths about God and who he is that broke through my thick skull. And this verse revealed to me something about God and what he thinks about man. This verse reminds me, it tells me that you matter to God, that I matter to God, and that God loves you, that he gave his life for you. And I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about the fact that a holy, a righteous, and all-knowing God said, you matter. You matter. Kevin, you matter. Alina, you matter. Jose, Ellie, Robert, Dominique, Elon Musk. You matter to me. And that blows my mind. Jesus says, I don't care where you were born. I don't care if you come from a dysfunctional family. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care whether you are successful, you have all the money in the world, or you have two pennies. You matter. Matter to me. You matter to God. And this verse reminds me that the offer of the gospel is eternal life. And it is a quality of life that cannot be stripped away by masks, by needles, by whoever's in charge, or by wherever you are, whoever you are with. Because if you have the Son, you have life. If you have the Son, you have life. The next verse, Psalm forty six ten, says this. In some tra- translations it says, Cease striving. In others it says, Be still and know that I am God. Stop striving in your own strength. Be still. Literally take your hands off. Stop trying to be God. Stop trying to live the life that only Christ can live. And remember, Christ lives in you. The God that sustained you, the God that designed you, the God who saved you by his life lives in you. Be still. The longer I live, the more I realize just how much I need Jesus and how much I need to cease striving. But the part that gets in the way for me knowing his life is often not the fact that I matter to God, but the fact that God himself matters more than me. You see, I want to put me first when it comes to my time, when it comes to my career, when it comes to raising my kids, when it comes to to my wife, when it comes to, to people, I want to put me first. And I have to be reminded that God matters more than me. But so often, I forget to simply be still. Be still and know that I am God. The third verse that's been a real encouragement is is a verse from John 16 Verse 33 says these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. You as a follower of Christ may have peace. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says it this way. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guys, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in who he is. Rejoice in what he has done and is doing in your life. Don't forget that he's near. Never forget that as a believer, Christ lives in you. Guys, God can't get any closer than that. You are in him and he is in you. And there should be no greater comfort than the fact that God lives in you. And we are to be thankful. And we're to pray. God gives us this beautiful opportunity to talk to Him. He's available 24-7. We can walk and talk. We can work and talk to God. We can eat and talk to God. See, the cool thing about God being available 24-7 is I think that prayer is one of the only things that I can do at the same time as I'm doing something else. As a man, it's hard for me to do multiple things at one, one time, but I believe prayer is one of those things that God has enabled us when we look to him that we can do while we are doing something else. Walk and talk. And guys, when we are rejoicing in the Lord, and giving the things in our life into his hands, God's peace will guard our hearts and our minds. This is a promise, and God does not go back on his word. I love how Jesus does not ignore the fact that there will be tribulation in the world. But then he reminds us who has overcome the world, right? Jesus says, there's going to be hardship. There could be financial troubles. It could be sickness, oppression, racism, abuse, neglect. The list goes on and on and on. But remember, I have overcome the world. Scripture says that all authority has been given in heaven and on earth to Jesus. Guys, during all the craziness of this world, you can have peace if you have Jesus. You can have peace if you have Jesus. I would like to close with a short story. And you may have heard this story. It's it's made the rounds. It's, it's a story about a rich man and his son In the art gallery that they owned. See, the son was rich, he had lots of money, and he had lots of time. And he used to walk the streets of his great city. And while walking the streets, one day he met a beggar. And they got to talking, and the beggar asked the young man, to tell him a little bit about himself. And the young man told him about his father and that they were wealthy and that they owned a large art gallery. And that perked the beggar's interest. He, he told the young man, he said, "'You own an art gallery? Really? "'Well, I'm, I'm an artist. Could I, "'Could I draw your portrait?' And the young man was flattered and said, of course, of course. And so the beggar got out some paper and and a pencil and, and started drawing this young man's portrait. And when he was done scribbling on the paper, he turned it around and showed the young man. And it was not all that impressive, but the young man kept it and was happy because it was the only portrait anyone had ever done for him. Time went on, weeks went on, months passed by, and as time passed, news reached the beggar that the young man and his father had both tragically passed away. But in honor of of the young man and his father, the art was to be uh, auctioned off. And the beggar heard about this auction and, and decided he would go. So he wore the, the very best clothes that he had and snuck into the back of the auction. And sure enough, when he was in the, in the, the place, he, he spotted his portrait, the portrait that he had, had drawn. And then the auction began. And the auctioneer banged his gavel and he said that there, they were about to start and then the first provision in this man's will is that they were to auction off the portrait of the son. That was to be the first item. And everyone in the room knew it wasn't valuable. Everyone knew that it was not worth very much. They knew art, they knew good art. And they knew that this was not good, that this was not of value. And so no one bid on the portrait except for the beggar. He only had a few coins to offer, but he was not outbid. So the auctioneer pounded his gavel again and declared the item sold to the beggar. The beggar received the portrait with a great smile. And next, the auctioneer pounded the gavel again and said, there was a second provision in the man's will. He said, whoever bid On the sun's portrait gets everything. Gets the whole gallery. Whoever bid on the sun gets it all. If you want life, you need the sun, Jesus. Your life should not be ruled by circumstance. Or from experience. He who has the Son has life. How are you living? How are you living today? Are you living from Christ? Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. This opportunity that you've given just to to look at your truths, Lord. Lord, the reminder that if we want life, if we want to know your peace, if we want to know your joy, that we need you. Lord, and I thank you that you are sufficient for whatever we face. I pray for those that are listening, Lord. And just that their hearts would be open, their minds would be open to whatever it is that you want to reveal about who you are to them. I thank you you've given me this opportunity today. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Thank you, Kevin, for that reminder that we as believers need to be living from Christ and not our circumstances. I'm so appreciative of Kevin and the other staff and their willingness to take part in the podcast. You know, they've sat down to do interviews and to give devotions, and it's just been really encouraging to have their support and to, to have them help out like they're doing with that. And I know from the messages I'm getting from you that it's been a blessing. So I want to thank all of them. Uh, just a few announcements. I want to remind you to be following us on Instagram if you're not already doing so. And you'll find it at The His Hill Podcast. Also, we have a few retreats coming up that I want to remind you of. The first one is uh, almost us. It's Chill at the Hill, which is our youth retreat. And that is from February 25 to 27. If you're interested in coming, uh, you can register online. And also, we have our ladies retreat coming up April 1 to 3. The guest speaker then will be Anita Cooper, and you can register there as well, hishill.org. Both of these will be found under the the retreat button, and the registration forms are there. I'm your host, Kelly Darty. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus.